Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Uh, Today is Tuesday, March 19th. And these are your stories. No, that is not how this works. How it does work is that within the Libro Cube, Tuesdays are Television Tuesdays, sometimes referred to as TV Tuesdays, for brevity's sake. The fact that I just had to explain uh, cut a little bit of the brevity out, so um, that is dumb. Today's sponsor is a television show. Huh, it's funny, funny how that worked out. <laughs> Uh, looks like a spin-off of the Vampire Diaries called the Frankenstein Monster Diaries. Once again, today's sponsor is the Frankenstein Monster Diaries. Not to be confused with the Frankenstein Diaries, because as we all know, Frankenstein is the name of the doctor who created the monster... The unnamed monster. Alright, get that straight. Why don't you? Let's jump right in, because if you listen to yesterday's Movie Monday uh, episode, you will know this week is goddamn jam-packed. Jam-packed to the point where I don't know how I'm going to fit it all in. It's going to be difficult, to say the very least. So uh, I better jump in and see what I do. What I diz. Television show, the first... Uh, it's going to fall into this category that I seem to have a lot of lately of did not plan on bringing it back, however could not resist. It is another celebrity wife swap. Ooh, baby. Um, <laughs> this one was with Alan Thick and Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, I'd like to say that again, because I think it deserves saying twice. Alan Thick. And Gilbert Gottfried switched out their wives with one another for the purposes of television. People, that happened. <laughs> the missus has a, what I'm going to consider a unusual uh, fascination and love of Gilbert Gottfried. Um, it sort of boggles my mind <laughs> how much she likes this guy. Uh, I'm not, not saying that I don't, it's just the missus does, <laughs> and she hates everything. So it's very strange, but I like it. Uh, Alan Thicke, you, if you do know, my guess would be you do know from the, was it 80s or 90s? Maybe 80s and 90s, uh, television show Growing Pains, which I do recall seeing uh, when I was a kid, quite a few episodes. I don't know if I watched it every day, but uh, yeah. I know about it. Also, um, more recently, I know uh, Alan Thicke was on my favorite show at the time, which was Attack of the Show. We uh, brought it back here to the Libra Cube many times. Uh, it has since been off the air for a couple of months now, I guess. But great sadness. He, uh, Alan Thicke, did one episode where he uh, kissed, made out with Miss Olivia Munn. Uh, so for that, 
Uh, we gotta we gotta float him some big props because that is a little slice of awesome. Yeah, I would say he somehow, because I don't really get, is from everything we saw on the show, uh, is sort of incredibly wealthy. Now, does having a show that was on in the 80s and 90s automatically mean you are wealthy? I can't imagine it does. However, uh, he had a friggin' kick-ass pad and uh, acreage, horses, many servants, just... uh, a very lavish-looking lifestyle, which kind of surprised me, because it's Alan Thicke. Like, what has he done lately that is raking in all this dough? I don't know. Uh, add to the fact that his wife, his much younger wife, um, seems to enjoy the finer things, such as jewelry, trips, fancy parties, what-have-yous. I don't know how he's affording all this. But good for him. Uh, Canadian? So... That's nice. Like to see Canadians do well. Now there's Gilbert Gottfried, who is, I don't know if you'd put him in the category of cheapest man alive, but as far as cheapness, he's definitely high on the scale, which uh, I also, I also uh, appreciate someone who uh, knows how to save a buck. Uh, I do have some Scottish blood coursing through these veins. I don't think I'm cheap, per se, but uh, I don't spend money willy-nilly, and I've never been in debt, so I don't know. I can see both sides of the coin on this one. Uh, it's the typical... Well, actually, uh, I remember talking last time about how the show is sort of 90% of the time. It's You get someone who's uh, a neat freak and someone who's lazy and messy and switch them, and that's what the show is. This time it was more on Alan Thicke's side. His wife was uh, rich and pampered, and on Gilbert Gottfried's wife was less so. Although, uh, something I'd like to point out that I liked was the fact that it seemed as if the more loving of the families was the Gilbert Gottfried side. So uh, I like that. Again, one of those, uh, those illustrations of the money does not buy you happiness thingamajigs. Alright, let's move on to... Dexter. Yeah. This one I did plan on bringing back. Planned on bringing back because the missus and I have moved on to season three. So uh, I figured since I will uh, inevitably trickle in the odd episode, uh, it be a good idea to get in the first couple. Right? That's logical. And if I am anything, it is logical. Sometimes. 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 So, season three. Uh, I remember, let's just look back, season one, the sort of overreaching, what I like to call the uber bad guy, was Dexter's brother. <laughs> I said, uh, after that season, I says to the missus, I says, how are they going to beat that as the bad guy? Then, in season two, the, uh, what I would refer to as the uber, ba- uber bad guy was the fact that Dexter was, um, very, very potentially and close to being caught for his murderings at all times. So, 
that I think may have topped it a little bit. Then I thought, okay, so we've got a family member as a bad guy, we've got him getting caught as a bad guy. How are they going to top it? So far, three episodes in, and it has the potential for topping it, but it hasn't yet. I will say that. The uber bad guy this season is a pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> Dexter's having a baby. Aww, a little murdering baby, perhaps. That does have potential for being a sort of interesting plot point bad guy thing, ubery even. However, uh, I don't think it's quite as good an idea as the first two seasons. So, just throwing that out there. Maybe shit's gonna go down that'll sort of uh, blow my mind, but not quite yet. Uh, I guess, I guess on top of this baby making stuff is the fact that he, Dexter, accidentally killed a guy. Oops. Oops. I stabbed him again. Right in the heart. Got lost in the, um, house that I stabbed him in. Ooh, baby, baby. Well, that was a uh, unplanned um, song spoof, and uh, I think it went pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dexter goes into this house with the plan of killing a guy who kills guys, because that's what he does. He is a serial killer of serial killers. Um, once he's in there, he gets in a tussle with uh, a guy who was going to kill <laughs> the guy he was going to kill confused? Yes, you are. So was I. Uh, in this tussle, he accidentally kills him. Oh. Uh, being a psychopath, I don't know if he feels bad, per se, but he does, I guess, have regrets that uh, this came about. Uh, it turns out the guy he killed is the... Oh, shit. I didn't write down. Yeah, uh, the... I think what you would call him is the prosecutor for the city? No? Does that, does that make sense? I think so. So, like, the, the, the city or the state's uh, head prosecutor? Yeah? Is that something that exists, that this guy could be? I think it is. Not uh, too familiar with the um, American court system, because I don't really care about it, and it's boring to me. I do not like law dramas. Uh, I don't like law drama books, movies, TVs, um, if there was, if there does exist a law drama video game, I probably wouldn't like that either. It's just, bleh, who cares? It's like bureaucracy at work. Boring. Anyways, <laughs> so, uh, the head prosecutor guy, played by Mr. Jimmy Smits, ah, uh, it was his brother who Dexter accidentally killed. So that ain't good. Or is it? Huh? Question mark? Now, um, he ends up framing the guy, uh, Freebo is his name, who he was originally trying to kill. So he kind of gets out of the murder that way. However, sort of entangled with this is the fact that Jimmy Smith catches him not exactly murdering uh, Freebo, but 
killing him uh, in self-defense, sort of, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, say it like that. Uh, Jimmy Smits had the plan in his mind to kill this guy himself uh, out of revenge for killing his brother, which means that now he is like Dexter's number one fan, man. So it's like the head prosecutor catching bad guys guy is uh, the number one fan of Dexter who kills people. <laughs> so that is a little twist that I really like. He's like inviting him to uh, the funeral of the brother, inviting him over for uh, din-dins, uh, just hanging out and shooting the shit, having some drinks. They're like buddies and pals. Uh, what I predicted to the missus is that this guy, Jimmy Smits, will, uh, he's got sort of a political nature to him. So I, I'm predicting that eventually he will become like mayor of Miami. And then uh, Dexter, the serial killer of serial killers, will be good pals with the mayor of Miami. That is my prediction. Um, whether it comes true or not, we will just have to wait and see. Just remember I said that if it happens. And if it doesn't happen, forget that I said that. Uh, so that's the first two episodes, basically. In the third episode of Season 3, uh, Dexter spies out a pedophile who's sort of hanging around, scoping out his kids. His kids being his girlfriend's kids, who he's very protective of. His girlfriend, of course, played by Miss Julie Benz, a.k.a. Darla, from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Yay, nerdiness. Uh, one little, uh, I guess you would say, monkey wrench introduced in this episode uh, is the fact that a body is found, which is very not unusual whatsoever for this episode. However, it is found um, murdered and mutilated in the same way that Freebo used to um, kill people. So... Dexter knows he killed Freebo, so he knows it cannot be him who did this murder, but he can't tell his cop buddies uh, that this is the case, so puts him in a bit of a pickle. So uh, I like that. Pickles, monkey wrenches, such as babies, <laughs> such as uh, getting caught murdering people's uh, action-packed, drama-filled, and really digging the show. Gonna watch another episode with the missus tonight. Probably won't bring it back. Unless something super, super crazy duper happens. Uh, okay, let's... Uh, too close to work to start this next one, I think. Alright, well, uh, that, that worked out good then. We've got uh, two, two done on the way to work and two done on the way home. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Now, the two on the way home are marathon TV sessions, so hopefully I don't run out of time. Uh, yes. Let's, uh, how about I give you a little tease? Although, does it make sense to tease when, for me, it will be eight hours. For you, it will be, you know, 15 seconds. Whatever the mid-show working break, however long that is. Ah, whatever, I'll tease it anyway. Uh, the TV marathons I completed on the weekend were for a little program called Portlandia. That's the word Portland mixed with the word Landia? That doesn't make sense. Uh, Portlandia and uh, Season 7 of The Office. Yay! 
All right, folks, we will uh, cut her off there by saying, Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Uh, next week is a short work week. Next week is a short work week. We've been uh, down a man, or more accurately, down a woman at work lately, which have, which has made for some unusually busy days for myself, so I am dog-tied boss. Dog-tied boss. That is a movie reference, which has no place in a TV Tuesday. Get it the fuck out of here. <sighs> okay, uh, in an effort to wake up a little, we're going to play the QQQQ107 Radio Roulette. Haven't played this in a while. Let's see how we do. mark that down in a win. Ugh. We are going to mark that down in the win column for sure. Loves me some Jimi Hendrix all along the want. Losing the ability to have words come out of my mouth that makes sense. Love me some Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower. All along the watchtower. Okay. Let's jump back into TV Tuesday, since I have two marathons to hopefully finish before I get home. The first is Portlandia. Uh, never watched it before. Never really heard about it until probably in the last, maybe even month only, I uh, started to hear uh, good things about this show, and it's sort of, sort of creeping into my, creeping into my world, let's say. You ever have that experience where you uh, have no idea it, something exists? Could be a TV show, movie, whatever, book, you name it, really. And then all of a sudden, uh, it starts popping into things you you see or hear. Which is the case with Portlandia. It is a, I guess boiled down, you'd go, uh, it is a sketch comedy show. Love, uh, I'm a big fan of sketch comedy shows. They can sometimes, though, have the potential to um, 
get old quickly. However, I am probably more than halfway done the first season, and I'm uh, I'm loving it. So, recommends stamp my recommendation on it definitely. It is available on Canadian Netflix for zero dollars. Hmm. You know what? I realize I just said zero dollars. However, you do have to pay for Netflix. So I don't know why I say that sometimes. It just feels like things on Netflix are free, despite the fact, despite the fact that eight dollars a month comes out of my account to pay for the lovely service. Mmm, baby. Uh, so if you could not tell from the title, Portlandia takes place in Portland. Um, there's crazy things going down in Portland, from the sounds of it. Uh, the way they described it at the first episode sort of introduction-y type song they did was that Portland... Uh, Portlandia. I'm going to have trouble there as well. Portland um, is, I guess you could say, sort of stuck in the 90s. It's got this very, very 90s vibe to it. 90s, but... Uh, I think maybe I'd go with a uh, 2000s um, twist of being slightly more futuristic vibing. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Probably does not. However, within the liberal cube, we don't always make sense. Case in point. Uh, let's just move on to uh, my notes. How about... First note is Dream of the 90s. So it is like uh, what I just said. <laughs> there you go. Should have maybe read the note first. It's like what people in the 90s dream the world should be like. How about that? Uh, hipsters galore. It, uh, hipsters I always kind of find difficult to define. It's like, um, like hippies you could do pretty easily. Nerds, yeah. Jocks, sure. Lots of lots of groups are, are fairly easy to describe to someone else, say. But with hipsters, I, I have trouble. How how you know what you can do? I'll tell you what you do. We'll have ourselves a little contest. I haven't done one in a while, and uh, this this uh, seems like a good op opportunity. What we'll do is, you can email me to the email address provided in the closing credits. Uh, I'll just throw it out right now in case you don't listen to the closing credits, even though they're pretty good, I'd like to think. Uh, email address is maywood.jordan at gmail.com. Let me know what your definition of a hipster is. Uh, whoever has the best one, or in the case of being the only one, <laughs> which is a possibility, uh, I will bring it back and uh, talk about it. How about that? Little audience participation for y'alls. Uh, okay, so next is... Uh, yeah, this one was good. Um, apparently something hipsters are big on are finding if what they are eating is locally grown or produced. So uh, this skit I would call Is It Local? Where two hipstery people go into a restaurant and start asking about is it locally grown? Uh, take it to the extreme, which is, uh, you know, where the comedy comes in, of learning about the chicken that they are about to eat, learning its name, its uh, sort of habits, 
eventually going out to visit the farm in which it um, is being raised, or was raised. Uh, they end up in some sort of commune, uh, what I would actually normally describe as a hippie commune. And uh, there you go. Come back to the restaurant, decide to order the fish instead. There was, uh, there's two sort of recurring characters who own this shop, bookshop? Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll go bookshop. Bookshop and other stuff shop. Uh, in one episode, Steve Buscemi comes in. Um, did he play himself? I don't know, maybe he did. Uh, and uses their bathroom without purchasing something. <laughs> How dare he? They are not impressed by this fact. Um, so make him go through the extremely, I cannot stress how extremely painful process of purchasing something from them. I liked it. Steve Buscemi, a great actor. I don't ever recall seeing him in something I did not like him in. This included. So let's let's get a, a yay Steve Buscemi. Buscemi? Buscemi. Buscemi Buscemi. I don't think even he knows how you uh, would say that. There was a skit of the Portland Hide-and-Seek Championship. Uh-huh. Took place in a library, so that's nice. There was... Put a bird on it. Apparently, hipster Portland-type people um, enjoy the art, quote-unquote, of putting birds on things. By that I mean painting birds, stenciling birds, sewing birds on things. And then that is art. That one I brought back to the Liberal Coop because I don't really get. Is that actually a thing? I don't know. That is, I think, maybe the danger of this show in that if a lot of your references are going to be Portland-specific, uh, and they're not all by any means necessary, but the ones that are, sometimes people who don't really know about Portland, such as myself, may find them confusing. Now, that's not even necessarily a bad thing, because I like confusing humor sometimes. Just, what the fuck are you talking about? That is strange, and makes me want to laugh, type vibe. Uh, this definitely has that, this show. Put a bird on it. Uh, those same people who own the book store and things store um, had a visit from Aubrey Plaza who you may know from Parks and Recreation which I occasionally bring back. I'm a big fan of her. One of those uh, women in comedy titans I do believe. Very very funny girl. Uh, da, 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 shadow Stripper. I have a note here that says Shadow Stripper. I don't know what that means. Did you read it? Oh that was a skit where they went back and forth about did you read it? and then describe some crazy articles. Because I think that's a hipster thing, being able to say you read something that others have not. Uh, that makes you hipstery. Again, we'll send in those emails. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, the mayor of Portland was missing. That was a whole big thing. And last, uh, we'll say uh, Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> when, I say, when I say his name like that, I feel like I'm saying it uh, Italian. However, he is from, I believe, Pakistan. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or India. Uh, anyways, he's a super funny standing-up comedian, as Jimmy Pardo would say. Uh, I watch 
He does a, a web series called The Indoor Kids. Very, very funny. He is very funny. He does the podcast rounds. So it was nice to see him on this selling a cell phone plan to Fred Armiston and Carrie Brownstein, who are the stars of the show. It's kind of a weird uh, sketch show in that it's basically just these two. And then um, that's that's it as far as the cast, the regular, the regular cast. Other people, obviously, I've named a couple of them, come in and, uh, and shoot shit with them. However, uh, it's mostly just them, and I think they are, like, the creators and stars of the show. So, hmm, interesting. It's not like, say, Monty Python, where you have a whole bunch of guys, or Kids in the Hall, where you have a whole bunch of guys. Huh. Interesting. Okay, uh, let's move on to last, but certainly not least. Is that least? Uh, let me rate. No, no, it's not least, either. Huh. Uh, the last couple... As in one, two, three episodes of The Office, season seven. The missus and I did a bit of a marathon. And uh, again, one of those situations where I did not plan on bringing it back, but could not resist. Because, uh, this is going to tear me up a little. It was Michael Scott's last day. God damn it. He will be missed. He will be missed. And I am not even saying that uh, as a joke. He will literally be missed. I will miss him. I am and have been man enough to admit now and in the past that I may have uh, and did tear up a little in that uh, in his last episode. It was just heart-jerkingly, tear-warmingly uh, sad to see him go. And not even just to see Michael Scott leave Dunder Mifflin, but to see uh, Steve Carell leave the office. Because you could tell even just him in his last episode that he was very sad. Uh, and like I don't even think, not acting sad, but actual real sad to, uh, to leave. So, um, yeah. There you go. It was, a, it was a very fitting final tribute to him. And uh, I enjoyed that episode very, very much. The uh, strange thing about it was that it was not the last episode of the season. I thought that was kind of weird. That's sort of uh, an episode like that is usually your typical last season farewell kind of kind of vibe. However, there was more episodes after it. Oddness. Three, in fact. One, um, if you are unaware, after Michael Scott left, the branch of Dunder Mifflin was taken over by none other than Mr. Will Ferrell, who is fucking, uh, Jesus, the, just easily, easily, hands down, put in my top five for sort of all-time comedy genius I Love him to death. Can get a, a friggin' laugh out of me just by looking. Just by, by standing and looking. I don't know how he does it, but... Uh, super amazing balls, dude. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so he comes in as the boss man and sort of develops within the office an inner circle. Oh no. And doesn't really let any of the women into the inner circle, which does not go over well. Uh, let's see. He then is, let's not spoil it, just say incapacitated. <laughs> and then who takes over the branch but Dwight Schrute. He has, from time to time, 
um, flexed his managerial muscle. However, this was the first time where he was sort of actually factually put in charge of the branch. And if you know anything about Dwight Schrute, you know if, to give him a little power is a bad thing. To give him um, ultimate power is um, horrific. Horrifyingly horrific. And because this is a comedy show, the fact that it is horrifyingly horrific to have him in charge um, also equals comedy. Yay, laughter. Uh, okay, so let's move on to last episode of the season, which they... Uh, I, maybe I can understand why they saved this for last, because it was sort of a most guest appearances of super famous people in a show I've ever seen ever period. They win that award. They were searching, they're searching for their new manager. Uh, so they're doing interviews. Uh, one note before I get into the people they interviewed, I want to say is that in the sort of interim of Dwight and searching for a new boss, they put in charge, wait for it, a little, one second longer, Hold on, it's going to slip out. Creed! They put fucking Creed in charge of the office. I wish that every single episode of The Office ever had Creed in charge. I know how I just gushed about how much I liked uh, Michael Scott and was sad to see him go. I know how I just said uh, Will Ferrell is one of the funniest creatures on the planet, but... Even with those two things in mind, I wish Creed was the boss 24-7. He is just the craziest, makes me laugh uncontrollably, the shit that comes out of this guy's mouth. Every line out of his mouth is a one-liner, uh, not a one-liner, but like a quotable crazy line from him that so, so perfectly fits within his personality that has developed over the years. I love him. He is, Creed is, Creed, Br Creed Bratton, played by Creed Bratton, I should mention, is, I think, my favorite TV character of all time. I'm going to just throw that out right now, because I can't, off the top of my head, think of another one. And if anyone questions me on that, I will try to remember that was my answer. Let's, at the very least, see, say that he is in my top five that will sometimes rotate. Okay, how about that? Okay, the special guests that were applying for jobs were Ray Romano, not who you may know from Everyone Loves Raymond. Duh. He played a, a man by the name of Merv, who Dwight sort of um, screwed up in a way that caused him to give a horrible interview, and he was really depressed. Uh, sort of how Ray of Everybody Loves Raymond would be. Hmm. Funniness. Next was Mr. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais, you may know, creator of the television show The Office. Created the British version, which was then, of course, transferred over to uh, jolly old the US of A. Okay. Uh, he played himself, as in uh, David Brent, who he played on The Office. So he was playing his character from the British office on the American office. Your mind has just been blown. I realize that. Uh, Will Arnett uh, played funny guy. <laughs> He's always funny, and I'm running out of time, so I have to hurry. Warren Buffett played himself. He is apparently a. Um, I had to look it up. I don't. I don't really know my tycoons of industry very well. Apparently, 
which he is. Uh, it's funny. Catherine Tate came in. Catherine Tate, who, I hope you know, from Doctor Who. Uh, she was one of Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Doctor Who's companions. She played Donna Noble on Doctor Who. Yay. Doctor Who reference on The Office. Worlds colliding, people. For some reason, I think, uh, and the Mrs. and I are going to start Season 8, obviously. I think she may have been the one that gets chosen. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. And then last, but not least, since I'm in my garage again, it's two days in a row where I didn't finish. Ah, goddamn jam-packed week, is it not? Uh, last but not least, Mr. Jim Carrey came in uh, for a brief little 20-second blurb at the end, um, where apparently he's a big fan of the Finger Lakes. Folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper